You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live-fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. WannaCry ransomware became a pandemic over the weekend. Johannes Ulrich joins us to help sort it out. A temporary lull is feared likely to be more temporary than most would like. Baiju espionage malware is spreading through GeoCities. Another APT, APT32, is also devoted to espionage, apparently in alignment with the government of Vietnam. Bin Laden's son is working to inspire lone wolves. National authorities seek to draw influence operations lessons from the concluded French presidential campaign. Armies make tactical use of cyber operations. And there's a dragnet out for tech support scammers. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Monday, May 15th, 2017. Today's leading news is the developing story of WannaCry ransomware, which broke out in the wild on Friday and has since become effectively a ransomware pandemic. WannaCry ransomware hit hard late last week and enterprises worldwide are bracing for further waves of infestation. The hitherto obscure strain of ransomware propagated in worm-like fashion against systems running older Microsoft software. It exploited the vulnerability the shadow brokers leaked last month as the weaponized Eternal Blue tool. Affected systems are running old and in some cases pirated versions of Microsoft operating systems, specifically Windows XP, Windows 8, and Server 2003. The rate of infection has been very high, temporarily slowed by discovery and activation of a kill switch, but most observers expect renewed attack as the unknown controllers upgrade the malware. News of the incipient pandemic broke early Friday, with initial reports mentioning infestations in a handful of countries. Early interest focused on the UK's National Health Service, several of whose facilities suffered disruptions serious enough to send staff home, reroute ambulances, and impede patient care. Another early infestation hit Spanish telco Telefonica, which took hasty and extensive emergency measures to contain WannaCry's spread. The number of affected countries rose steadily over the weekend until it reached presently reported levels of more than 150, which is close enough to everywhere as to make no difference. President Trump has directed Homeland Security Advisor Thomas Bossert to coordinate the U.S. government's response and organize the search for the responsible threat actors. In the United Kingdom, the National Cybersecurity Center is taking the lead, and late yesterday the center warned that the threat was by no means over. Microsoft took the unusual step of issuing patches for software that's beyond end of life and are no longer supported. 
The fixes covered Windows XP, Windows 8, and Server 2003. Microsoft characterized the decision as one taken with a view to protecting their customers' ecosystem. We'll have more on WannaCry and its implications later in the show when we speak with the Sands Institute's Johannes Ulrich. In the meantime, there is some news out of cyberspace that's unrelated to the ransomware pandemic. Silence reported Friday the discovery of Baiju malware, which abuses a popular Japanese web hosting service and spreads through phishing. The fish bait is a subject line drawing upon sympathy for and interest in victims of a 2016 North Korean flood. Silence researchers say Baiju installs an espionage toolkit using the Typhoon downloader through some back doors Silence calls Lion Rock. Baiju is evasive, and Silence warns that appropriating the GeoCities free high bandwidth civilian infrastructure also helps Baiju hide in plain sight and signals a troubling new trend in attack techniques that is almost surely not restricted to Yahoo's GeoCities. The campaign appears to originate in East Asia, but beyond that, researchers are being circumspect concerning attribution. FireEye has warned of another ongoing cyber espionage effort, the activities of APT-32, also known as Ocean Lotus. APT-32 appears to be aligned with Vietnam's government, and its targets include Vietnamese dissidents, foreign governments, and foreign corporations. The late Osama bin Laden's son, Hamza bin Laden, is competing with ISIS for jihadist mindshare. The younger bin Laden has taken to the Internet to advise those seeking martyrdom on how best to achieve it. The Qaeda leader's goal is inspiration. He's howling at the lone wolves out there online. Ukrainian soldiers are receiving hate message via SMS from an unknown but probably Russia-aligned actor exploiting vulnerabilities of 2G networks to man-in-the-middle attacks. As the hybrid war in eastern Ukraine continues, other nations' militaries are upgrading their own capabilities. Brazil's army is standing up its Cyber Defense Command, and the Israeli Defense Forces expect their Computer Service Directorate to be entrusted with both defense and counterattack. In the United States, the army sends a clear signal that it's serious about the tactical use of cyberspace. It's integrating cyber operations into its premier training establishment, the National Training Center at Fort Irwin, California. Finally, in some good news on cyber law enforcement, there's a global dragnet underway against tech support scammers. Seven men in Florida have already been scooped up, and more arrests are expected soon. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. 
Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Joining me once again is Johannes Ulrich from SANS and also the Internet Storm Center Stormcast podcast. So as we record this, it's mid-morning Monday. Uh, in terms of the WannaCry ransomware, where do things stand? Well, it really all started on Friday with this massive uh, spread of this uh, WannaCry worm. At this point, according to some of the online counters that track this particular infection, there are about 180,000 infected systems worldwide. Pretty much any country is infected at this point. What really helped us over the weekend was that uh, the malware actually checks if a very particular domain is reachable and it doesn't run if it's reachable. And luckily, that domain got registered relatively quickly towards the end of Friday and somewhat slowed down the spread of this uh, particular malware. So are we seeing uh, new variants hit the net this morning that can work around that limitation? Yeah, there were a couple of uh, variants that were reported over the weekend uh, that, uh, for example, made subtle changes uh, to that domain name, but uh, they didn't really spread as far as, or as fast as uh, the original. And we've seen reports from a variety of uh, antivirus vendors saying that, uh, that they're able to protect you against this. Yeah, antivirus uh, will help in hindsight uh, once uh, they have a signature for it, of course. Uh, Now, some antivirus vendors, uh, they do have products that, for example, look for behavior like uh, malware that encrypts files, like in this case. But uh, really what we're talking about here are the vulnerable systems. These are systems uh, that really escape sort of any basic cyber hygiene that haven't been patched for whatever reason that may even be running old versions of Windows. So it's very possible that they don't run any up-to-date antivirus either. Yeah, we, we saw certainly over the weekend um, Microsoft being critical of the government for, uh, as they described, you know, stockpiling these sort of vulnerabilities. Um, any thoughts on Microsoft coming at NSA? Yeah, I can see where Microsoft is upset uh, because uh, they're really stuck uh, with having to deal with the fallout here. They even uh, released a patch for Windows XP on Friday, which was highly unusual given that uh, Windows XP is now out of support for a couple of uh, years. It would have been nice if uh, the government would have shared uh, these particular vulnerabilities ahead of time. Now, there is some indication that some sharing actually happened there uh, because the patch was actually released in March about a month before uh, this particular vulnerability was made public by the shadow broker group. So it's very possible that the government actually did share uh, details about the vulnerability before uh, or after it became evident uh, that the vulnerability would have been made public. And and I've heard other um, people make the uh, argument that uh, is it really the government's responsibility for Microsoft's quality assurance of their products? Uh, that's certainly true, too. But uh, in general, it is considered sort of a responsibility of a security researcher to notify the vendor of vulnerabilities. 
Now, uh, this is really a tricky issue here, given that the security researchers also put in quite a bit of work to find these vulnerabilities. So in some ways, they should be rewarded for it. Bug bounty programs, of course, are a way uh, to deal with this with security researchers. Not clear how this would work uh, with government entities. And in terms of the the bigger picture with the crypto wars, um, people are using this as ammunition, saying that, you know, the government says, trust us with your keys. This may be uh, an example of uh, ammunition to say, well, the government can't protect these zero days. Why should we trust them with uh, with uh, back doors to encryption? And, and that's exactly a good argument here, you know, that uh, these encryption backdoors will be leaked just like these exploits have been leaked in the past. So there's really no guarantee that the government is any good in sharing uh, these kind of backdoor secrets. Uh, we heard this morning uh, former Secretary of Homeland Security Michael Chertoff was on NPR, and he made an interesting point that um, countries like China, who are being particularly hard hit, they may be getting hit due to the amount of pirated software that they run. That's probably true in some ways uh, that uh, they're not as good in patching software because they're somewhat afraid that the software will be turned off if they're patching because it is uh, pirated. But uh, these are also countries that often run just out-of-date systems, out-of-date hardware, uh, because uh, they can't afford the latest, greatest hardware that runs Windows 7 and Windows 10. So uh, that's also why you see more out-of-date systems uh, and unpatched systems in these countries. And and back to WannaCry, are people paying and are they getting their files back? There are some people paying. I haven't checked today yet, but over the weekend there were about 100 people that paid according to the Bitcoin blockchain. It's not clear if they're getting their files back. Now, the process is rather manual and convoluted. You first have to pay and then again it's not really clear how much you have to pay because the exchange rate between US dollar and Bitcoin keeps changing. Uh, then you have to actually contact uh, the people behind uh, this particular malware and have to tell them that you paid and they will sort of manually issue you a recovery key. They post uh, some business hours that are actually fairly limited uh, during <laughs> which you should contact them. Given all the pressure uh, from law enforcement and on in, in this case, it's very possible that they'll actually disappear uh, given that uh, they didn't really make an awful lot of money in this case. Yeah, perhaps they bit off a little more than they could chew. Right. Johannes Elric, thanks as always for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening.
And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.